Amen, amen. Can we stand for a moment? Uh, this is kind of cool to be here at Lane Park uh, today. The last time I was actually here in this uh, room was uh, quite a few years ago now. I was a speaker at Promise Keepers and uh, talking to a whole bunch of men. But it was such an impacting day for, for me, not just because of the speaking. I had my son here, my son Ruben, and um, he, he was ministered to. Bill Sabritsky was the, uh, one of the speakers, and, and so he, he ministered to my son out in the back. And I, I remember him just prophesying over him. And I was watching that moment and he was, my son was weeping and, and it really had an impact on his life. And so to come back here and to see what God is doing. In fact, you're the best looking congregation I've seen in a uh, long time. You look, you look at somebody say, amen, I'm a Pentecostal, I need some feedback. But uh, just so great to be here. But again, we are here to honor the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. About five of you agree. I said, we are here to honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so we can do, listen, listen, we're going to praise Him in a minute. And, and, and I'll turn to the person next to you and say, I can praise louder than you. I'm sure you can. And so we're going to make a, we're going to make a loud sound, okay? Because remember, when we, when, we, when we do this, when we, when we do this, we're not just clapping. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an offering. We're not just giving God applause. It's an offering. It's an offering to our King. And the Bible talks about shout unto God. You know, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. It's an act of worship. And we know that God inhabits the praises of His people. About two of you. Come on. He, he inhabits the praises of His people. He doesn't inhabit our problems. No, no. He doesn't inhabit. You, you may have problems, but He doesn't inhabit them. He doesn't inhabit our pressures. You may have pressures, but He doesn't inhabit them. You, you might have pain, but He doesn't. He inhabits our praises. So if we, if we want God to meet us in our pain, if we want God to meet us in our pressures, if we want God to meet us in our problems, we need to praise Him. So are you ready to praise Him? Are you ready to praise Him? Ready? Three, two, one. Come on, let's give Him some praise. He's worthy. We honor you, King Jesus. You are worthy. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our praise. Come on, Lane Park. We glorify you, God. We thank you. We thank you, God. We honor you. We exalt your name. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. All right, turn to the person next to you and say, I'm ready to hear the boy preach. Come on. Grab a seat. Hallelujah. Well, Dean and Gina, we've known for ages, and so, we're so glad to uh, um, just be here with you and share this day uh, with you. And uh, again, just uh, I know different ones of you. Bruce on the bass guitar. What a machine. I didn't know you could play it. Bruce grew up in our, our church, so it was pretty cool to see him. I saw, saw some others that I knew coming in, and I think Tim over there playing the guitar. He was in our church for a while. So uh, just uh, crazy to see people uh, that I know and have known for, uh, for many, many uh, years. But we are so glad to be with you, Dean and Gina, and all the rest of you, the leaders, and so on, and just in Lane Park, especially as you're coming into that place of being a part of new life, and uh, that's that's 
exciting for us right now. You're joining a family of 77 churches across the nation. You're 78 and 10,000 people who are meeting right now across New Zealand, north and south, and uh, who are calling themselves New Life. And I know our church is praying for you. I I managed to get to our 8 a.m. service that we have, and we we do three services on a Sunday. We got there, and we took some time to pray for you this morning as a church and just ask that God, and they'll be doing that now in our other services that we're doing. But I just thought, because you've done that now and you've joined part of the family, we made a little little plaque for uh, for you. So, so Dean and Gina, can you come up here and receive this for me? And, and Jevin, I've got the assistant. Uh, actually, he's the acting deputy commissioner of police at the moment who's handling it for me. It's worth a lot of money, I'm just telling you. That's why I've got personal security. So it's like... <laughs> Certificate of membership. This certifies that Lane Park Church is now a member of the New Life Churches of New Zealand. Now, if you've got a camera, someone take a photo because I forgot uh, uh, to do it. Just take a photo. So I'm going to shake their hand and then you can all clap because it's kind of cool. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Here you are. Welcome to the New Life Churches of New Zealand. And you are, well, let me give you, okay, there you go. Go. Come on, give it up. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Exciting, exciting. And uh, we just, uh, again, just uh, so glad and looking forward to you joining us at our conference. We've got Dr. Michael Maiden, Sam Chan coming, and I know you'll be blessed as you, uh, I know many of you are coming to that. Just a little bit about uh, me. I've been in ministry for a number of years uh, now, I think about 35 or something uh, years. I know I look young. Okay, that was how But I spent a lot on surgery and all that kind of stuff. But, but I've got a family photo that I want to show just, just because I can. I used to wonder why the pastors show family photos. But then I had grandkids, and I'm like, I just want to show you my uh, uh, grandkids. So this is my family. This is my uh, uh, wife uh, there, Anita. She's from India. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. So we spent 11 years of our life in India as missionaries. Uh, uh, there and she loves God. She's preaching. She would have been here. She would have loved to have been here, but she's preaching uh, all three services this morning. And so uh, she's filling, filling in. I've got my daughters, Gia and Grace, and my son-in-laws and my three uh, grandchildren. And uh, which, uh, yes, I'm a grandpapa now, so I'm uh, really excited about that. So both my daughters are married, but my son is single. And because we're Indians, we're looking for options. Come on, somebody. If there's any singles, you can send us a message. That will be good. And we can see what we can arrange and uh, work out together. But we are here today to hear the Word of God. Amen. So you ready for the Word? Second yes. Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through Seven. Okay, you're having some issue. You want me to use this one, so you'll switch that one. Oh, that even sounds more fancier. Second Kings 4, verses 1 through 7. It says, The wife of a man from the company, everybody say the company, from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? She replied, your servant has nothing, nothing except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for some empty jars and don't just ask or don't ask for just a few. 
Then go inside and shut the door behind you, you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left them and shut the door behind her and her sons, and they brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. And then the Bible says, then the oil, the miracle, the move of God, then the oil, the move of God, the miracle stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and said, go sell the oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left. I mean, this is a popular passage of the Bible. I'm sure if you've been a Christian a while, you would have read this many uh, many times and been uh, uh, encouraged by it. But it's the story of a desperate mother and a manifest miracle. A desperate mom and a manifest miracle. It's a, it's a story of when you've done all you can do and you need to God to come through, and He does. It's one of those kind of, kind of stories. I like those kind of stories. And Today, I want to share five things that I've gleaned from this passage. I'm sure you could glean way more, but I want to share five things that just jumped off the page for me that I hope will encourage you this morning and I hope uh, challenge you and make us think as we walk this journey of the Christian life out. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would bless the words that we speak. Father God, encourage our hearts, build our faith, change our lives. This we ask in Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen. Amen. So the first thing of the five that I can see, number one, number one is people have problems. When I look at this verse, I can see quite clearly people have problems. And I want to just say it doesn't matter who you are, how gifted you are, we all go through issues in life. We all go through troubles in life, no, no matter who you are, just because you love God, it doesn't mean you won't have problems. Can I hear a good amen? I mean, some of you might be walking through problems even right now. You might be walking through stuff that maybe no one else knows about it. Maybe you arrived at church heavy, but as you walked in, the usher said, how you doing? You're like, hallelujah, but you know what's going on on the inside. Come on. Just because you love God doesn't mean you won't have difficult days. I'm just being honest here. If you've been walking with the Lord for a while now, you know this. You will have challenging days. The Bible says the man is destined for trouble. Trouble is surely as sparks fly upward. I mean, this guy loved the Lord. Her husband loved the Lord. He revered the Lord. He was a man of God and he was, a, he was a prophet, which was obviously not very profitable. That's a small attempt at humor. Come on. <laughs> but he had died in debt and the debt collectors were coming. And we've got to understand in those days, Harvey Norman didn't mess around when you missed those new camel payments. When you just didn't make them, you got in trouble. In fact, they didn't, the creditors didn't just take you to court. They took you. You became a slave to them. So there were some problems going on there. So I can see from this passage that, that you can love God and still do dumb things. Anybody here, you've, you've loved God and you've done some dumb things. Thank you, come on the rest. Lying's not good either. Come on, someone. It's just not. 
I mean, all of us at some stage in our lives, if you haven't already, you will sometime. You can love God and still do dumb things. And, and the other thing is you can love God and still sometimes bad stuff happens. And so her husband, he died with this, with this dead. And we, we don't know how he died, but that was the situation that she found herself in. And so this was serious. It was about to go up a level. level. She had just lost her husband, and now she was about to lose her children. But here's what we can see from this woman. In her problem, she sought God's power, which leads me to my second point. She was not afraid to ask for help, so don't you be. She was not afraid to ask for help, so don't you be. And I love how she asks Elisha. She's like, your servant, my husband. She doesn't say, my husband, your servant. She says, your servant. In fact, she puts it on Elisha. It's like, Elisha, you better do something here. Your servant, my husband. After all, he was working, working for your company, the company of the prophets. Come on, somebody. I mean, he was working for your company when this happened. You've got you to you work something out here, Elisha. You've got to help me out here, Elisha. And I love that there was a boldness there. And this woman, Elisha, I expect you to do something in my situation, in my struggle. She's got what I would call, in fact, the Bible uses this term. She's got what I would call shameless audacity. Everybody say shameless audacity. I'll come and say it like a black man now. Shameless audacity. She's got that kind of kind of energy there and. That comes from a parable in uh, Luke chapter 11 where Jesus told the parable of the guy. You remember the story? One night, some friends turn up at this guy's house and said, we're here to stay. And so the guy goes to his neighbor's house and he bangs on the door. He says, wake up, I've got some friends. I'm giving the Adam International version. He's like banging on it and, and, and he's like, come on, I need some bread for these friends. These guys have turned up. The guy's like, this is the middle of the night. What are you doing? No, give me some bread for my friends who have come. In Luke chapter 11, verse 8, Jesus tells this in the parable. He says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Now you might have situations right now and go, but, but, but that is a big ask. And I have to be careful how I say that. That is a big ask. But here's the thing, my friends, we serve a big God. And so I want to challenge you today to be like this woman that some of us need to get some shameless audacity in our lives. We need to start to believe that God is able to do powerful things in our life and not shy away. Can I hear? Oh, come on, I need some feedback right now. We, 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 need, we can ask God big things because we serve a big God, a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, Above and beyond what? All we can ask or imagine according not to our power, but His power that worketh in us. Tap your neighbor and say, you need to get some shameless audacity. Come on. 
So she was not afraid. Friends, you've got situations that you're walking through. Don't be afraid to ask for help. A.W. Pink said this, most people, this is, this is so good. Most people expect little from God, ask a little and therefore receive little and are content with little. Come on. Does that describe you? A.L. Stone said this, large asking and large expectation on our part. Listen, they honor, they honor God. Some said, no, I don't want to be. No, I just want to be. I'm proud of how humble I am. <laughs> friends, friends, you've got to understand, we've got to, we, we, we serve a God who is able to do anything. So we need to be ones who ask, what are you believing for, for your church? What are you believing for, for Lane Park? What are you, oh, well, it's just taking a while or what? No, no, we need to start asking and believing. Come on, somebody. God, what are you gonna do? F.B. Meyer, the great writer said this, the great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, it's unoffered prayer. We don't ask because we don't, oh, I don't know if God can do that. I don't know, would God do it? And it's amazing to me that we can somehow believe that God will do it for someone else, but not for us. We can believe it for someone else, but not for us. Well, I want to tell you, I'm believing some great things for Lane Park Church. Come on. I'm I'm believing that God's going to do incredible things as you launch out, as you have a new beginning. There's an old saying that goes, thou art coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring, for his grace and power is such that none can ever ask too much. See, some of us need to ask. We need to stop being afraid to ask. We need to get some shameless audacity into our lives. Can I hear a good amen? Which leads me to my third point. I'm not doing rocket science here today. This is simple. But my third point leads me to my third point. The miracles. This is what you got to understand. The miracles in your house. The miracle. We can see from this passage of Scripture. The miracles in your house. Which is kind of annoying for me. You know, when you think about that and you read it because you're thinking if the miracles in your house, you thought I would have seen it. You thought I would have spotted it. I would have been smart enough, smart enough to see it. If the miracle's in my house, why can't, I, why can't I see it? I want to say to you today, and I was feeling actually this very strongly this morning, because sometimes we can spend all of our time looking out, uh, out there. I want to tell you, Lane Park, the miracle's in your house. You've got to understand there's way more in you than you think. Come on, somebody. The miracle's in your house. Uh, Elisha asked the woman, tell me, what do you have in your house? She replies, your servant has nothing. In other words, your servant has zilch, zero. There is, she, she was saying to Elisha, there is nothing in my house that God can work with. Well, sometimes we can be like, well, God, there's nothing in my house that you can work with. Nothing at all. Zilch, zero, except a small jar of olive oil. She said, I've got nothing. You know, as my wife's Indian, as I said, we spent many years on the mission field. And one of the things I have to be very careful is the things I 
uh, I say because she can. She, if you know, if you know her right, Jeff, she's she's she, she's tough. She'll she, she'll say it like it is. She keeps me uh, keeps me in, in line. But but I just want to tell you. So so. But sometimes I, I come home, and I know you guys will never do this in Lane Park. None of the men would do this. But I, I will sometimes come to my, my home to my house. I'll open the fridge. I'll open the pantry. And, and I'll say this. I'll say there is nothing to eat. Anybody want to admit that they've said that? I mean, it's just like, oh, there's nothing to eat. And she's always like, that's why I have to be so careful. She's like, what did you say? <laughs> what? What? Nothing to eat? Open that fridge again. Look at that. Look at this. Look at that. And she'll, t- she'll tell me, you say, your first world problems. <laughs> and, and it's true, right? Come on. I mean, we live in a world where, where we say they got nothing, but our fridges are full. Come on, our pantries are full. I mean, let's, let's face it, we live in a world where we even have rooms to put our cars in. Come on, somebody. I mean, it's just like, yeah, we've got, we got rooms. What about, we've got even a, a, a whole rooms that are dedicated to clothes and we walk in and they're full from, from the bottom to the top. And we go, I've got nothing to wear. Come on. <laughs> you know who you are. It's just like, and all the ladies said, amen. It's just like, I need that new dress. The miracle's in the house. Why do we miss it? I, I, I think we miss it because we're looking for the answer out there. Somewhere when the answer's in here, I want to tell you, it's in your house. We, we, we can get so busy looking at what we don't have instead of what we do have. Looking at what we don't have instead of what God has put in our house dropped in our lap, the miracles in your house. Well, she said, I got nothing except, nothing except a small jar of olive oil. I like how she reminds him it's not just a jar of olive oil, it's a small jar. I want to tell you, God, how little I actually have, this reminds me of that feeding of the 5,000. I don't know if you've, I can't remember which, which uh, gospel it's in, but uh, one of them, when, you, when, when they talk about the uh, two fish and the five loaves, they don't just say two fish and five loaves. If you go there and look at it, it'll say two small fish and five small loaves. I mean, we're going to be careful because we start to tell God about how little there is that we can, that He can use and how little we have that He can do anything with. But we know that it only took five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000. Come on. It only took five loaves and two fish to do a miracle and and again, it doesn't matter how small they are when you place those things in the hands of God, who knows what He can do. Can I hear a good amen? See, you know, five plus two only equals seven. And in the natural, you're looking at things in the natural sometimes in our life. We're looking, well, this is all I've got. I've got a small this, I've got a small that. I can't really do. God can't. We actually tell God, you can't do anything with us. And I want to tell you again, we're serving the God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to His power. Come on, somebody. That's at work within us. He's able to do it. And so when you look at five plus two, the maths doesn't work, but God does. God can and God will work in our situations. The miracles 
in our house. But the key is to give God what you've got. Give God what you've got. So you've got to ask the question, what have we got? What's in our house? What's in your hand? What's the, 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 the miracle? What's the, what's the exception? She said, we've got nothing except what's the exception in your life? What's the exception? What's that gift? What's that talent? What's that thing that God has put in you that no one else has? What's that thing that's unique to here that no one else has? What's in your house? The miracles in your house. Somebody say amen. So that leads me to the fourth thing we can learn. Simply this, number four, He fills what you can bring. He fills what you bring. In other words, He fills what's available. Is this all right, people? He fills what you bring. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars and don't just ask for a few. Again, just thinking about that, we can have a limiting mindset just in our, our lives. He's like, don't just ask for a few. Oh, I don't know if God will do it. I don't know if this can really happen. I don't know if we could really believe for this. I don't know. And so we, 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 we sell ourselves out. We, we, we put limits on what God can do. He said, don't just ask for a few. In other words, what was he saying? He's like, you need to think bigger. You need to think bigger, but listen, don't just ask for a few. And it would be kind of weird, like asking your neighbors, right? Anyway, can I have a jar? God's going to do something. What's he going to do? I don't know. But we're believing. It's like Noah kind of building the ark before it rained. What's rain? We don't know. What are you building a boat? What is a boat? We don't know. I mean, it's just not God, but God is going to do something. We, 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 I want to tell you, to encourage you to step out and Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, don't just expect little. Expect God to do big things. Can I hear an amen? Don't just ask for a few. Start to think, think big because, listen, the amount of jars they bring will determine the size and the scope of the miracle. The amount of jars they bring will determine the size and the scope of the miracle. The, the amount of jars that they bought determined what God was going to pour out. What they bought, of course, we know God filled. Whatever jars they brought, God filled them. They, they brought the jars to her, it says, and she kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. And then the oil, the miracle, the move of God, that which God was doing, then the oil stopped flowing. When? When there were no more vessels available. One more jar, the oil would have filled it. Five more jars, the oil would have filled them. The oil flows and fills what jars are available. And John chapter Two, another mother asks for a miracle. You know, they were at the party time there. There was a wedding going on and Mary was like, hey, Jesus, they've run out of wine. Can you do it? And, and, and Jesus like, mom, mom, can you? Not, not right now. She's like, no, come on, they've run out of wine. Do something. And so Jesus looks over and he sees some 
jars that are there. It tells us in the Gospels there were six empty stone jars nearby. And Jesus told them to fill them to the brim. The Bible tells us how big were they? Well, they were 30-gallon jars. How big is that? That's 113 litres each. So that was, that was equivalent, all of those jars, that was 700 litres. How many know the party was just about to get started? I'm just telling you. It's just how, how it was. And he's like, fill them to the brim. And they filled all that was available. And you know the story. That was his first miracle. He turned water into wine. Mind you, that story of the priest who was driving along and he got pulled over and the uh, policeman said to him, hello, sir, have you been drinking? He said, no, I've just been sipping on this bottle of water. He said, all right, can you blow into this, please? We're just doing a random breath test. He goes, one, two, three, four. The policeman says, you are over the limit. The priest goes, praise God, it's a miracle. He's done it again. Amen, hallelujah. <laughs> Some of you are not getting, okay, it's just slowly it will seep in. <laughs> seep in. See, if there were seven jars or 10 jars, he would have filled them, them all. If they were available, they would have been filled. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says, we are a jar. You and I are a vessel. And so when I ask you here today, and you don't have to answer out loud, but I'm just asking the question, I'm challenging you, are you available for filling? If we are a jar, are you available for filling? If the keyboard person or worship team or whatever could come and play the keys, because it makes me sound more spiritual as we do this. That was a joke. <laughs> but we are a jar. We are a vessel. And I want to challenge you today and ask you today, are you available for filling? Which leads me to my fifth and last point. He can only fill what's empty. He can only fill what's empty. You know, sometimes we're filling our lives. Our, I mean, we live in a day and an age where, where we're just so busy and so, I mean, there's so many things to distract us. We're filling our lives and ourselves, if you like, with things that, well, so many things. Maybe if you can just turn that keyboard just down a little bit, just in the fallback maybe. But we're filling, filling our lives with stuff that actually in the long run doesn't really matter. I met with a man this week and his wife and just talking about their lives. And just, he's like, man, I haven't touched my Bible in years. I haven't, I haven't even opened it. I'm so busy. He was telling me at three o'clock in the morning, if he wakes up, he'll be on his laptop. He's starting businesses all over the place and he'll be on his laptop from the morning, three o'clock in the morning to, till, till 12 o'clock at night. The next day, just getting a few. And I was like, how is that a life? I mean, we, we are filling our lives with things that really don't matter. But I want to tell you, he can only fill What's empty? 
We know the Christmas story that they look for a place to, for Mary to give birth to Jesus. And we know the story. There was no place in the, in the end. There was no place, space or place for Jesus in the end. And sometimes that can be the story of our lives as well. That we're so busy in all that we're doing and it's stuff that can be important. It's stuff that my friend, Pastor Andre Olafia, he said this, if I, he said, I've just learned if I don't put Jesus first, he said, I've found I don't put Him anywhere. Come on. And so we need to make, today is about, can you make a space and a place for Him to fill? What things are you filling your life with? You can go, I, I don't need to do that anymore because He can only fill what's empty. Our worship pastor in our church, Pastor Helen, she'll often say during the service, she'll say, hey, how many here today want a fresh touch from God? And it always amazes me Sometimes you get, you know, two or three people who go, yeah, yeah, I want a fresh touch. But what amazes me as a pastor, whenever we say that kind of thing, to me, my heart and my desire is that every single one of us is, of course, I want a fresh touch. No, no, I don't need that. Thank you. There should be a hunger in us. All of us should want a fresh touch from Him. All of us should want a fresh infilling from Him, but He can only fill what's empty. You know, the minute we say we have enough that the jar was, that the jar is filled, what happened? The, the, the oil, the miracle, the move of God, it stopped. It stopped flowing. And I want to tell you in my life, I don't want the miracle to stop flowing. Can I hear a good amen? In your life, in your church life, I, I don't want the miracle to stop flowing. I don't want the oil to stop. Flowing oil, of course, represents the anointing of the, of the Holy Spirit in Scripture. And Again, when it talks about being filled, it's not just being filled once. We're to be daily filled. Can I hear a good amen? It's to be an, oh, well, that happened, you know, 25 years ago. Heard the gospel. Lord Jesus. No, no, we need a fresh filling every day. We need God's touch every day on our life to be filled and to continually be filled. And how do we do that? How can we, how can we keep the oil flowing? If, if He's filling us, how can we keep the oil flowing? Can I just, my experience is it's very easy. You just pour what God's poured into you, pour it into other vessels. Can I hear a good amen? Pour it, take which God has poured into you. Don't just keep it for yourself. Make sure you pour it into other vessels. Recently, we were in Israel just a, a couple of months ago and we spent 10 days touring Israel. And one of the things that you 
do when you're in Israel, you, you, you always go to the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is the lowest point on earth, 430 meters, I think, from memory, below sea level. And so the beautiful Jordan River flows into it. But the, why is it called the Dead Sea? Because nothing can live in it because it has a great inflow, but no outflow. Can I, and some of us, I want to tell you, if we take the Christian life and we say, look, pour it in, pour it in, but we're never giving out, I want to tell you, we end up as dead. If we want that fresh oil to come in and to keep flowing, we need to pour out. And so that's why when you lead that life group and you volunteer for an area, whenever you, so you get to pray for somebody, whenever you uh, meet somebody at work and they say, I'm sick, and you say, hey, can I take a moment and pray for you? When you, well, when you work in kids' church and whatever areas that you're doing, as you're doing that, you've got to understand that the, the, the oil can keep flowing as you give out, as you keep pouring out. It's like those fountains. I don't know if you've seen them, but there's a tap. They're just little water features and it pours into one pot and it fills that pot and then that pot tips out into another pot and that part. To, we've got to live our lives like that. That as we fill up, we pour, pour out. That God can pour more in. So I want to say, never lose the wonder of being able to serve God. Never lose the wonder of being able to, 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 to serve Him and be a part of His, part of His house. You know, when People get saved, you know, you, you, you've seen it. They'll come and say, oh God, use me, use me, use me. And so the pastor will come up, hey, could you help out in here? And you, can you help out in there? And, and, and yet you, you start helping out. But after a while, you, you, lo you lose the wonder of that. And you say, I feel used. Come on. Oh, I feel used. Well, that's what you ask God to do. Come on, somebody. We need, it's gone very quiet in here. But if we would have God pour into us and continually fill us with His fresh oil, we need to be ones who pour into others. Can I hear a good amen? It says, when the jars were, were filled, the oil stopped and Elisha told them to live on what was left. So I was thinking about this as I was coming over to today. Some of us might be here and we're, we're, we are living on what was left. We're living off a miracle or experience that happened 20 years ago. We're living off what was left of some God revelation of maybe five, six or seven years ago. But can I encourage you? to be ones who seek the fresh touch of the Holy Spirit for today. Don't be living on the leftovers of yesterday's miracle. Don't be living on the yesterday of yesterday's revival. Let's seek Him for a fresh touch in our lives. In Luke chapter 6, verse 21, it says, Blessed are you, blessed are you who hunger now, who hunger for what? For hunger for righteousness now. Who hunger for the touch of God now. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. Oh, I pray you're hungry today. Would you stand wherever you are? Just stand up. 
on your feet. Maybe for you here today, you've been living on the leftovers. You've been living on a miracle. You've been living on an experience that happened a long time ago. And it was a powerful experience. It was a God experience. But but now your life is maybe there's a dryness there. Maybe you're here today and you're just going, man, I just need it. Maybe you were filled yesterday and you were just going, I need to be filled again today. The key is hunger. Blessed are those who hunger now. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want us to stick our hands out and just just open before God and just, I wanna pray a prayer. You know your heart. You know if your life is full of stuff that it shouldn't be filled with. You, you, you know if you, your life's so consumed with stuff that's, there's no room for God. Right now we're clearing, we're emptying out the stuff. We're taking authority over the stuff, over the, the, the meaningless things that are filling our lives. And even now God's speaking to different ones. I'm wanting to see some people set free today in the name of Jesus. Father God, You know stuff that's, that's occupying time and space and energy and, 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 and our minds and our heart. And I just break those things off, those habits that, that, that just so easily ensnare us. We break them right now in the Name of Jesus. We tip them out, we empty, we empty them out, we break their, their power. And we pray right now for a fresh infilling. Come Holy Spirit. A fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost right now. Father God, for those who are dry, for those who are weary, for those who are burdened, we now burden You with what burdens us. We, we hand it to You. We pass it on to You. We thank You that there are miracles among us. We thank You that the miracle's in our house. We thank You that the oil can flow. So Holy Spirit, just fill from the back to the front, to the left and the right. Let no person leave this place today untouched. Father God, You speak to our situations, speak to our problems, speak to our difficulties. And today, fill us afresh. We're hungry now. So fill us, Holy Spirit. There, there are some here, to, to, you've, you've stopped dreaming, you've stopped asking God. It's like that, that unoffered prayer. Maybe there's disappointment. Hope deferred, the Bible says, makes the heart sick. And, and, and maybe hope's been, 
you, you face disappointment, I wanna say God's wanting to remind you again. Even today, it's time to ask again. It's time to believe again. Come on, somebody. It's time to, it's time to call upon His name again. It's time to, 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 to not... To, to ask big, to get some shameless audacity. I thank You, Lord God. Awaken dreams all over this place right now, Father God, and every leader and every person. Stir their heart, Father God, with vision for the future. Pour in, pour in, pour in. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Fill. Fill us. Touch us afresh. We need you. We need you. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just before, it's the last thing I want to do, just in this moment. I want to take a moment. I, I don't know you. It's my first time speaking here, but I don't want to assume that everyone here today is a Christian. I don't want to assume today that everyone here has given their life to Christ. So it's extremely important that we, we take this moment to ask this question. If you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, you know, you, you just know you're, you're far away from Him. And even now as I'm speaking, you know, oh, that's me. You, you could have been coming to church for ages, but you've never actually said yes to Him. You've never actually given your life to Him, well, today's your moment. The Bible says that He knocks on the door of our heart and if we would open that door, He will, he will come in. Now, here's the thing. Even as I'm speaking this, you're going, but Pastor, you don't know how bad I am. You don't know how, you don't know my life. You don't know how bad I am. I just got to sort myself out. I got to do, friend, this is the good news of the Gospel. Let me tell you. The good news of the Gospel is not about how bad you are. Listen, the Bible calls, it's called the good book. And it's, it's called the good book, not because the people in it are good. It's called the good book because the God in it is good. Come on, somebody. And so friend, I wanna tell you, it's not about how bad you are. It's about how good God is. That's what the Gospel is about. It's, it's not what you can do, it's what He has done. He has made a way where there seemed to be no way. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son so that whomsoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do you need to get right with God today? In a moment, I'm gonna pray a prayer. And this pr prayer is a prayer that we will all pray together, but it will be one that says, Lord Jesus, come and be the Lord of my life. I turn from my sin. And I'm not gonna call you to the farm, I'm not gonna, but I'm, if you know, that you wanna be included in this prayer that I'm gonna pray with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. And you're saying, Pastor, that's me. You're speaking to me. I need to get right with God today. Wherever you're standing, would you just put your hand right up in the air and say, that's me. Could you thank you? Would you include me in that prayer? Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God. Come on. Nice and high in the air so I can say, way up, way up. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Don't miss the moment. Thank you down the back there. Anyone else? All right, slip those hands down. Or is there anyone else who know you know you should have put your hand up, but you didn't? For whatever reason, you're thinking, oh, well, I don't know. No, no, you know you should have put your hand up. The Spirit of God's knocking. 
Who are you? Where are you? Just put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? All right, we're going to pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a Saviour. And so I ask you today to cleanse me of my sin. I repent and turn from it. And I ask today that you would be not just my Saviour, but my Lord from this day forth. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. If you've prayed that for the first time today, the Bible says you were born again. Make sure you tell somebody, just I made that decision today. And it's so important, keep coming to church and allow God to speak to your life. Can we thank King Jesus for those who said yes to Him today? Lord, I pray for Lane Park. God, I pray over this church, I speak. Father God, I thank You for its history but we're believing God for its future. Father God, that its future will be bright. We are praying right now for God, the power of the Holy Ghost to be at work in and through it. We pray in this great auditorium that one day they would stand here saying, we've got no more room left because of the amount of growth that's happened. We're believing and asking You, God, come on for big things, join with me. We're believing You for amazing things. You can do amazing things in this place. And so God, You have not given us the space to keep it empty. You've given us the space to fill it. So fill it with Your Holy Spirit and fill it with Your beautiful people. This we ask in Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, one more praise clap for King Jesus. Thank you.